It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. You know, it's Friday. Trying to talk about some edge rushers. And uh, yeah. we're going to talk about a, a pet cat. Uh, in here as well. So. Is it too early to to label one of these guys as a pet cat? No, I mean, it's I'm, I'm never too here. early. We guys guys okay. ask us about pet cats before the season, the regular That's season's true. over. So no, I, I think this guy qualifies considering how much certain people have been talking about him in the DMs. Sure. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a busy time for the Dallas Cowboys. We've got the scouting combine next week. Uh, Tuesday is the first day that everybody shows up. We get some press conferences. I see Mike McCarthy is scheduled to talk on Wednesday. We'll get some measurements, and then the first on-the-field drills are our Thursday night, with it, which is the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. But today we're going to talk about some edge rushers, and let's start with Iowa's A.J. Epinesa, uh, widely regarded as a top 20 pick in this class. Uh, maybe some people even have him higher, that, higher than that, depending on who you talk to. Uh, we're going to talk about his fit potentially with the Cowboys, but Landon, first, tell me what you saw as a player. Big, tall you know, long defensive end. I, I think this is a guy who um, is kind of one of those body types that is rare where uh, I think he could probably play, just to give you his height, 6'6", 280, uh, I think he could probably play as a, you know, 4-3 left end, defensive end. I think he could probably also play 5-tech for you if you needed him to. Um, power player, you know, he's got, he packs a huge punch. He's got good length and he knows how to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, uh, uh, very much trying to get his hands on you, move you, manipulate you, get your hands off him and then get past you. Um, you know, he's not, he, you know, the, the concern here and the reason that a guy like this isn't higher is the question it becomes, what does he offer you as a pass rusher? Um, because I think he uh, he is a power power rusher, and I think you, those are the guys who can uh, who can get to the football and get to the quarterback mm-hmm. and, and cause ruckus. But I also think that uh, you know he's he's not uh, a guy who's going to quickly affect the quarterback. I think he's if you're looking at your pass rushes waves, like you kind of want a, a quick guy and a guy that will get there eventually as well, right? Uh, sure. I think yep. he's probably more the guy that. You know, you may be able. He probably isn't going to get there immediately, but you you also aren't going to be able to stop this guy for long. You know, and so yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say really quickly though. Yeah. Um, you look at the size six six two eighty. You assume that he's just like a dominant run player right now, and he needs to work on the pass rushing skills. 
I actually think it's the opposite. I, I didn't see a dominant run defender. I think he's better as a pass rusher right now than he is uh, stopping the run. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think just because he – I mean, it's, it's, it is kind of interesting, right? Because he – he does seem to use uh, certain moves very well. Like he, I mean, because of his length, he uses a long arm very well, and he can counter yep. off of that. He has, like I said, he has very powerful hands, so he's good at kind of skewing blockers and, and getting past them. Um, yeah, he can get up, he can get up underneath guys and kind of forklift them up. He has no problem with strength there. Yeah, I you know I worry about you know. I worry about how well that's going to work translate in the NFL, you know, because the guy the guys yes. will be bigger and stronger yes. in the NFL. Uh, so I definitely feel like, and that's that's my concern is that I tend to agree, you know, I, he's not. I think he's good run defender, right? But I, I don't think he's like plug and play. You're going to have yeah, an elite run defender right it, away. It, it's weird because it's it's like you kind of like if you start with the default type of you know, mold that this player is in, right? Yeah. If you were to readjust, like, in Madden, like, you know how you could readjust to pl- create a player? Sure. You, sure. you, you, you take the, the template of, like, a late first-round left defensive end of this size, and you tick down his run defense maybe two or three, and then pick up, tick up his, <clears throat> his pass rush two or three, right? Uh, yeah. But the, but the yep. problem is, is that he, he doesn't have a, 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 a counter, and I and I think that that's the thing is that he's getting by on just being a a, a, a monster, you know, just being strong and having long arms. And that's I don't know that that's going to be enough. Uh, if your game is based on pass rush, he doesn't have enough as a pass rusher to rely solely on that. So he does have some development stuff. Like he needs to get in and get better at the run and become a monster at the run, which he totally can with his you know with what he's working with. He needs yeah, to come in yep. and learn some counter moves. He, you know, if he's not going to be a bursty get around you guy, then he needs to learn how to win quicker with a swim. Or you know what I'm saying? Like he's got to find a way to use what he's got to create counters or to create a way to win early. Because right now, I, I agree, he is a better pass rusher than a run defender. But I also think that. If he's being drafted where we're all talking about him being drafted, he needs to immediately add another element to his game to be worth that. Absolutely. I, I think he's yes. a, a high upside player because I, I think that if you get him, it's kind of like Taco, and I hate to say it like that because... because no, it, but it's it, in a lot of ways it's very it, similar. It really it's, is. Where he has the body type. You, I think that this guy has a better physical profile than Taco does just because yes, I think I would agree. he's going to come in... I think in, he's going to test better. He's, well, and also I think he's going to be able to come in and mix it up as a physical yep. player more than Taco ever could. But I think it's still the situation where he's got a skill set and, he, and, and, and he's lacking in certain areas in, a, in such a way... That I don't know that he is as no- much of a plug and play player that you would assume that you're going to get from a 6'6, 280 pound guy who could play left defensive end. Be- just because he isn't re- like, I don't know that he's a ready plug and play run defender immediately. You know, yeah, he's that. I mean, if you look at a guy like with a similar body uh, type, like Zach Allen, remember Zach Allen last mm-hmm. year from Boston College? I think Allen was a much better run defender. I think Epinesa is a more—he's a more athletic player with a better uh, skill set of getting to the quarterback. My problem is when we're talking specifically about the Cowboys, where does he fit in? 
because I don't think he has the athleticism to be a right defensive end, even in base situations. Like, I don't think it's a Tyrone Crawford thing where you can start him at right defensive end and then move him inside to defensive tackle. I, I just worry that when he goes against better tackles in the NFL, he's not going to be able to just move these guys backwards by getting underneath them. I mean, a lot of his sack production is getting one-on-one with a tackle or even a guard and then just forklifting them back into the quarterback. I'm, I'm just not sure how much that translates to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the spot where for the Cowboys where he would be useful is if you're truly planning on being uh, uh, you know versatile. Because I do right. think he can give you some five technique snaps. I do think he can kick inside and give you some defensive tackle snaps. Uh, and then he can give you some traditional uh, defensive end snaps. I also think that he would be a great guy to have as an outside defender in like a 3-3. Right, like yeah. a, like a yeah, yeah. like one of the defense five technique uh, three three stack sort of defense. So, I I think he has some versatility. I think he has some usefulness. I think he also has a he has a lower floor and a higher ceiling than this type of player usually has. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes, absolutely. And I think we'll see that come out at the combine too. Like I don't think he's going to test. Uh, bad. Like I know some of these guys, like Taco ran a four nine two. Zach Allen ran a five second forty. I don't anticipate that being the case. Like I think he's going to run maybe in the you know four seven eight or something like you that. You know, you know what it is. I, I feel like they Iowa got him in and thought he was one type of player, and then maybe realized a little bit too late that oh no, I think he's probably this other type of player, and then he didn't yeah, get developed agree. enough in that direction. You know. I would agree. So at seventeen, is that somebody you're considering? Um, probably not. I, I, I mean, okay. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't. It feels a little too. It feels rich a little too rich, but it's not like I, I'm not burning the building down if it happens. You know, what I'm I would okay. feel better yeah, about him fair. at seventeen than Taco. I guess probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk some more about these edge rushers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. 
Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, the next one I want to talk about is uh, a guy that we talk about quite often uh, off the show. Clavion uh, Chason, hmm. the edge rusher from LSU. Uh, I, again, went back and watched him yesterday. Uh, I feel a little better about the evaluation, but I, since this is your pet cat here, I will let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's my pet cat. Yes, he is. Uh, well, I, I just, I just, guy. I just think that he's being misvalued. I just feel like he. I don't understand. I, I guess I understand production, and I understand the value of production in evaluation and, and as a filter. And I think you've done a very good job over the years of, of uh, kind of contextualizing that showing us you know a lot about production per snap and 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 how that translates with when you get production with athletic profiles that's when you get hits you know yeah especially at the edge position i think that that's all very well and good i'm concerned that you're now creating a blind spot for guys like this no, 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 I'm not. And go ahead. I will, I'll let you finish your. your point. I'll, and, I'll and probably in. not. And probably not because the truth of the matter is, is that we haven't seen what he does testing wise. And I, I mm-hmm. have, I have a feeling he's going to test like a total freak. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Okay, but let me get to the athlete. All right, uh, long, long athlete looks the part of a Gumby edge. Uh, plays mostly from a two point stance, uh, but when given a chance to put his hand in the dirt, really explodes off the ball. That you know, mm-hmm. I'll get, I want to talk about this real quick. I felt like he played in a two point stance a lot. And, 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 and he looked, like, comfortable doing that, had no problem. He could do a lot of different things besides just rushing the I don't passer. think that's his game, though. But I, I don't. I mean, but I guess my point is that when you saw him get his hand in the dirt, I mean, the dude explodes off the ball. Like, so that's why I was a little – I was wondering why he, they didn't allow him to do that more, you know? And I think it's because they wanted to use him in creative ways. But I, I, every time you saw him get his, his hand in the dirt, he got off the ball really quick. Yeah. Uh, Crazy flexion in his in his ankle and hips can use this to create low center of gravity at times. Uh, has up and down tape because he is at, uh, he is underdeveloped in some areas uh, and due to injury early in the season needs more of a pass rush plan. Uh, too many times he's getting off and just engaging with the with the offensive tackle instead of getting around them. Um, I, I you know he has a lot of moves despite all that. You know that's the thing that's interesting is that. Uh, he's got speed to power. You see him with a long arm. You see him with a two-hand swipe. Uh, he's got good balance, so it will work through multiple blockers to make a play. Uh, we'll take on and shed blockers in the run game. Um, to my eyes, his play speed and quickness dramatically improved from the beginning to the end of the season. And at, at the time when I wrote this note, I, w- I wasn't aware of the ankle injury. But I still mm-hmm. think, I mean, the sh- like that is part of the issue that is messing with people's evaluation like the athlete that you saw in the first few games of the 2019 season is not even close to the same athlete that you saw in the national title game in the uh, playoff game previous to that and even the last game of the regular season Uh, lightning quick as a looper can get good lateral distance then get back heading upfield in a hurry Um, where does he win explosive flexible pass rusher uh, unanswered questions is is he an ascending player or is his streak of good play near the end of the season just a streak 
all fair questions and fair points. Um, let, let me go ahead and start with this um, because we, we are talking about the production standpoint. Uh, typically, when you're looking at you know first-round pass rushers, ideally, you'd like to see a guy that had really good tackle for a loss, a tackle for a loss, and or sack production. Normally, about 1.5 tackles for a loss per game, uh, and then you want the, the good athlete. Chason doesn't have that production, right? He's a little bit below average, um, but I do anticipate him testing as a freak athlete, not just a good athlete, but like running a four-five-five. You know, jumping 40 inches in the vertical, I expect him to test in that 90 percentile athleticism. Mm-hmm. That alone makes me, you know, think about him as a potential pick at 17, just because that type of athleticism is rare. Two other things that I that make me feel better about him compared to some other guys that we've seen maybe bust that have had that athleticism and lack of production. Right? We can we can think of the names off the top of our head. Right? Deion Jordan, uh, Leonard Floyd, Barkevius Mingo. Uh, is there any other ones I'm missing that are kind of in that same mold that have busted Arden Key Arden a little Key, bit? Arden Key, but I mean, he yeah. doesn't, you know, I think it's more that's the <clears throat> helmet and the <clears throat> position more than yeah, actual yeah. similar sure. player. Yeah. He's only 20 years old. I believe he is the youngest player in this draft. Yeah. And I think you can see that when you're watching him. Like, especially if you go back and watch the 2018 film. I mean, basically does nothing in 2018, 2019, second half of the year, especially once he started to get healthy. Uh, played really well. Real quick, have um, you have you ever yeah. heard him interviewed? Have you ever heard him talk? I have. Super, yes. like smart kid, like motivated. Well, it sounds like yes. he sounds like a good locker room kid for being only and, twenty. You know, it's like and that's the next point I was going to add. He wears that number eighteen for LSU, which that's is like a big deal. Yes, that's the that's the number they give to the highest character player on the team, the hardest worker. When you combine that with the age and with the athleticism and then what you saw in some of the biggest games of the season. That's why I am more open to this type of player than generally in years past. Would, would I feel great about it at 17? I don't know. But I think I'm certainly more open to it now than I was maybe a, a month ago, if that makes sense. I mean, totally. I, of the two between Epinesa and Chason, I don't think it's close. Oh, I would no. much rather take the chance on Chason. Uh, frankly... I don't think that Chason is close to any of these guys that we're going to mention. I, I think he's ahead above all the all the rest of the guys we're going to talk about. Uh, mm. r- real quick, I'll just say this. Yeah. I, I think the thing about it is that when you look at the progression, you look at the fact that he's 20 years old, you look at what he did at 20 years old. And, and listen, this is I'm making your argument here. Yeah. You look at what he did at 20 years old in the last five games of his last season in, in college football. This is a young player that is ascending, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I I, I put the question at the end, but I, I'm I'm answering my own question. I don't know that five games in a row is a streak, especially against maybe you know three or four of the best teams in college football. So uh, mm. I, I tend to think that this is a guy who's on the come and is so to speak, and is uh, yeah. is is ready to break out I, you know i'm not projecting huge numbers as a rookie but i i, I think that no, this probably is probably not it's probably the opposite no I mean, that's right? usually probably not going to get much as a rookie yeah but i think that what what this what you're, you're getting is a guy who potentially could be a game changer uh i mean think about what demarcus lawrence did at the end of his rookie season you know like mm-hmm. maybe you get that a little bit sooner because this guy's played against some uh, a little bit higher level of competition 
So maybe you get a guy who's a contributor early on, and if the Cowboys are doing really well, suddenly now you've got terror uh, on either side of their defensive line coming after the quarterback. Yeah, a couple notes on the negative side, though. Um, does have a little bit of an injury history. Yeah. He missed the 2018 season uh, with a torn ACL, had an ankle injury this year. There's still some problems for me in terms of like getting off blocks. I think there was a time where I, don't, I think it was against Alabama where he got blocked to the sideline by a quarterback. Uh, you know that that stuff needs to to improve, but the physical potential, the ceiling, the upside is all there for uh for Chase Hunt to become you know one of the league's better edge rushers. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another one, uh, another guy that's getting some first round buzz, uh, Yitor Gross Matos from Penn State. Uh, this is somebody who had big college production. Uh, we've heard he's going to test really really well. What did you see the tape when you watched Atlanta? Good-looking athlete, long, muscular limbs. He has strong hands. He jolts offensive tackles when engaging with good leverage. Looks like more of a left-end type body. I'm just, uh, again, when I mention these things, it's more to kind of help people contextualize this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not trying to pigeonhole anybody into any position. Um, He can play too too tall at times when he is pass rushing without a plan. Uh, I think he enjoys fighting with offensive tackles toe-to-toe too much. Uh, I think he, you know, he just likes to mix it up with them instead of trying to find a way to get around them at times. And uh, yeah. it's part of that, I think, is how he got used. But I think part of it is he thinks that he's a better athlete than these guys, and he usually is. And that yeah, he, he can, normally is. He yep. can kind of mix it up with them and um, and get around that. But I think, uh, 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 yeah, he's he's kind of more of a, a, a power guy. When attacking upfield, has the length of power to shed blockers on his and make his way to the edge. I would say he's a little bit more bursty than a guy like Epinesa. I mean, he's not. Yeah, I would agree. He's yeah. not as big as Epinesa either, but I, I, he has got a little bit more of that to his game. Uh, but he can also be kicked inside, all snaps as a nose and in a three man line. Uh, I think he falls somewhere on the Justin Tuck spectrum. You know, interesting. Okay, I, I mean, just in the sense that he's a big pass rusher who you can kick. Outside and he could rush the passer that way. Maybe he is, but uh, OCU Manura is also another guy. I mean, just yeah, kind of you know, guy. maybe maybe closer yeah. to body size type. You know, where it's like he's he's got he's got traits that you feel like comfortable kicking him inside, but he could also clearly play outside. Explosiveness is good, not great, but combined with his length plus power, can cause him to really really be a handful on pass rush. Um, where does he win uh, length and power unanswered questions uh, to me it's consistency I, I just you know I see a guy who sometimes is going around the corner and using his power and is getting half man position on his tackle and doing a great job and then sometimes I feel like like I said he's just standing up and trying to win a fist fight with an offensive tackle which you know again when you're playing, uh, you know, Wisconsin, or well, that's a bad example, but in the Big yeah, Ten, yeah. in the Big Ten, you know, they've got some players, but uh, I don't know that like you're going to be able to do that consistency consistently in the NFL and, and find success. So he definitely needs to develop more of a plan and uh, more of a means to attack the uh, uh, tackles besides just trying to go at them and then hope that, uh, uh, you know that that is what takes his game kind of to the next level and opens up some consistency for him. Yeah, so I think in the same way like Chase on is, I think Gross Matos is still somebody who is pretty raw 
who is still like an ascending player. I, I feel like we haven't seen the best of gross models yet because right now he's winning a lot of times with just athleticism. Uh, and he can do that because he's six foot five, two hundred sixty-five pounds, and uh, he, he's pretty fast. Uh, a lot of his production came on like cleanup stuff, where uh, he didn't necessarily create it, but he was because of the athleticism and because of the motor, he was able to to find his way to the football. I don't feel great about taking this player in the top twenty, just because I think he's going to need some time to really develop. But I do feel confident that once everything kind of gets put together, he learns how to use his hands, he learns how to, to, to develop some counter moves, that he's going to become a pretty solid, you know, right or left defensive end. But I'm just worried that that, you know, that production and those years of play aren't going to come until year three, year four, year five, uh, when he's into his contract. Here's, so, here's an interesting it, question. Just yeah. for the Cowboys, who would you prefer, just because I feel like they are kind of similar types, A.J. Epinesa or Yetter Grossmontos? I probably feel better about Epinesa right away. I think I do too, simply because of who our new defensive line coach is. Yeah, I, I think so. Because to me, Epinesa, like, I mean, the one thing I did want to think about when I was watching him play is it, it, he kind of had some, uh, oh man, what was the name? You're going to have to help me again. This, the guy, the old defensive end that played for the 49ers, they called Cowboy, the big, strong. Uh, it, oh, um, Justin Smith. Justin Smith. That's 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 what I saw a little bit of, you know, where it's just like he's bullying dudes and just like and using his powerful hands and strong. He's not as powerful as 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 uh, yeah. Smith was. Smith was probably the strongest maybe player in the NFL at the time, uh, just naturally strong player. But I, I think that in that kind of sense, I think he could be used very similar to to, to the way they used Justin Smith when uh, when we had when the defensive line our defensive line coach was playing with San Francisco and doing those kind of things with the three four. All right, so just tying a bow here on the the Uter Gross Bottles conversation. Probably not a consideration at seventeen, right? Mm, probably more likely a, a trade back, you know, situation. Yeah, trade back, or yeah. you know, if if he falls to forty, maybe a trade up situation. Maybe. You know what I mean? If you're, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't see him as a, a prospect that they'll probably consider at that point in the draft. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our last guy. Maybe the one I'm the most excited maybe, to talk about. Maybe the one you're the most excited about. Oh, okay. Uh, Wisconsin defensive end slash linebacker slash off-the-ball linebacker, Zach Bond. Uh, somebody who I watched at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I was impressed in what he did in the coverage drills there. They basically turned him into an off-the-ball linebacker uh, in Mobile. I went back and again watched the tape over there yesterday, watched it the rest of the week. Uh, and I'm super, super high on this player. Landon, yesterday was your first real viewing uh, of Bond. What did you see? What did you like? Uh, you know, it's he's an interesting player. He's just fun to watch. And, and if anybody gets a chance, at the, I, I didn't get a chance to watch that. Uh, you, you recommended the Michigan State. The Ohio- I, yeah, the Michigan State I game. I still have yeah, not that seen fun. that one yet. But uh, the Ohio State game that this guy played was, I mean, just a crazy highlight reel. Uh, you know, he's slightly undersized, looks more, he looks more like an off ball linebacker than an edge player. I mean, he's, he's six, three, two forty ish. Uh, he's an incredible athlete. Uh, it's just an unusual blend of speed and agility for a guy his size, uh, in the game that I'm talking about the, the Ohio state game, you see him, uh, go from rushing the passer you know, causing, uh, uh, uh getting a sack, uh, hitting, uh, tackles for loss and then suddenly he is uh chasing uh, 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 
a, a running back up up the field on a wheel route, you know, and 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 like it's 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 just nuts to kind of see him go from taking on uh you know Ohio State defensive tackles, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, offensive tackles, and yeah. and and then you know chasing uh, J.K. Dobbins up the sideline on a wheel route, like, and then they tried to do it again against him, and he was able to do it again. Like he just has an incredible skill set, you know. He he is not a super developed pass rusher, but he can definitely he has what it takes to, to you know get around the def- an offensive tackle and get a sack. I mean, he clearly got uh, more than ten sacks. I'm pretty sure this year. Um, yeah. And and he's just it's it, it's a very rare blend of, of of talent. I mean, he's just a, he a coverage guy who can cover guys upfield, a, a, a pass rusher who can get around the corner. Uh, I think he could probably play as a cha- obviously as a run and chase linebacker. I mean that that would not be a problem at all. Um, you know, it's it's he has a, a skill set where especially in a, for a team like the Cowboys who are probably looking to be more versatile where. You can plug this guy almost anywhere, uh, you know, kind of in the linebacker edge area, and uh, and find a way to to make this guy a very useful player on your defense. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with the stats. Uh, last year, fourteen games, nineteen and a half tackles for loss, twelve and a half sacks. Uh, he had an interception for a touchdown against Michigan State. Uh, that's why I wanted you to watch that game. He re- he reads the quarterback's eyes perfectly, drives on the football, picks it off, takes it to the house. Um, he was pro football focus's second highest graded coverage linebacker this year, only behind Isaiah Simmons. Uh, and that's not hard to see. You mentioned the Dobbins play. If you watch the Michigan State game, he's carrying tight ends down the field. Um, I think we've seen this type of player before in the NFL. I think uh, if you remember, Hassan Reddick went in the first round, like in the top 10 a few years ago to Arizona. He's a much better player than that. Yeah. Like, he's a way, way more refined version of that. Uh, my comp for him is a way, way more athletic version of Kyle Van Noy, yeah, the it. version we've seen in New England, right? Yeah. Where he's an edge defender in some games, depending on the matchup. He's an off-the-ball linebacker. You can use him to cover tight ends one-on-one. Uh, I-, I love his game, and I- he's he's going to test out ridiculously well at the combine. You combine that with the- what he can do in coverage and as an edge rusher, uh, this is a guy that is really, really interesting to me. How do you envision him fitting into the Cowboys' defense if the Cowboys were able to acquire him? Well, I mean, this is a little bit specific, but I mean, he may be uh, the best green dog candidate I've ever seen. Like he may like the guys. So, like a green dog is when you have responsibility. Uh, of the running back, and if the running back goes out, you cover him. If the running back stays in the block, then you're a blitzer, right? Um, yeah. I I think you know in that sense as a nickel player, you know that that alone is incredibly valuable. Just a yeah, guy yeah, who, sure. who who could alternate between covering a, a running back if he goes out into the flat and then blitzing effectively if uh, if you know that's if it calls for that. I, you know, on top of that, I think you can you know line him up as an outside pass rusher on downs. Again, I I think. If the Cowboys defense wants to decide to go to a kind of game planning uh, per you know a opponent sort of game planning on defense situation, I, I think this is a guy whose job could change week to week based on the matchup. You find out mm-hmm. the best way to yep. use this guy depending on who they're playing, and then you either assign him to in coverage or you assign him to blitz or you mix it up. I just think having a versatile piece like this who can do a lot of different things very well. Um, 
is incredibly useful just because it kind of keeps offenses guessing as to the way you're going to attack them. I, I know a lot of people are concerned about him being a full-time, full-time edge player, and I get it. He probably won't be that in the NFL. He's not going to be a full-time you know, 4-3 defensive end. But go watch him against Ohio State and Michigan State and Michigan against some really good teams. Go watch him at the Senior Bowl. He hardly rushed the passer at all in the one-on-one drills because they wanted to show him off in coverage. Uh, but every now and then he came down to the, the one-on-one drills and they couldn't block him. Like his speed off the edge and ability to bend is fantastic. Yeah. I, if the Cowboys really want to just find the best players and then create a scheme to, to utilize them, I'm not convinced that this isn't one of the best 15 players in the draft just oh. because of all the things he can do really, really well. Yeah. I mean, he really doesn't have a a true weakness other than he's maybe not big enough to, to play full-time defensive end. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, we're going to have, you know, the, the question of uh, what what is his versatility going to be the knock on him, right? And, and I think that that's likely. I don't think it should be. It's not. He a, does everything so well. And I don't mean yeah. that, like, literally, I, I'm saying, like, uh, the, the kind of the universal knock on him. Is that going to be the yeah, thing yeah. that drops him? Because I think that there will be people that will struggle to figure out where to put him in a position, and I think that's the, exactly the kind of wrong way to miss on a player like this, right? To worry about which yeah. one position you're going to put him in, uh, and, and you know, it's the same people that will miss on Isaiah Simmons, I'm sure, on in, in another sense, right? Where yeah. Y- yeah. Y- you don't learn that ver- versatility is is an incredible trait that you can utilize. Y- you just think, oh, well, he can't play linebacker full time, or he's he's not worth me drafting, you know, as a linebacker full time. So I don't don't really need this guy. I think smart teams will use this guy, and he will be an effective player for them. I'll call my shot now. I think Baltimore drafts him in that end part of the first round, and they'll make him you know a hybrid inside outside linebacker that can rush, blitz, cover, uh, and he'll be fantastic for him. Uh, I would love to see the Cowboys draft him. I think he's <laughs> I think he's going to have a great career. He can also play special teams. He was voted one of the best special teamers uh, in the Big Ten this season. He's a true four down player that. Uh, I think it's only going to get better in the NFL. Uh, really quickly, Landon, before we leave, let's rank these guys and how you would take them for the Cowboys. Uh, one through four, who do you got? Uh, Chasen, to me, is is head and shoulders above, or uh, at least ahead above all the rest of these guys. Uh, yeah. And then I think just because of usefulness, I would go Vaughn, Epinesa, Yetter, Gross, Matos. I think they're all all very close, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But the, that back three, you think are close? I think those back three are very, very close. I think yeah, okay. Chase on just a step above because of you know positional value and and, and the sure. rare rarity of that sort of player. Yeah, I'll go Bond, Chase on Epinesa, Gross, Matos. I, I mean, I'm probably a little too high on Bond, but I I, I just love everything I've seen from him. Uh, we'll see if he's a if he's a candidate for the Cowboys at pick 17. In years past, we know that's somebody who Dallas probably didn't have interest in. Maybe things change now with Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike Nolan. Maybe things are a little bit different in Dallas. We shall see. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 